This is Entertaining the Light with Amanda Beck and Whitney Ann Jenkins, where we discuss and challenge the starving artist archetype. Hello, and welcome to our fourth episode of Entertaining the Lights. This time, we have our very first guest. <laughs> yes, Dr. Marina Spirnova is originally from an island in the far east of Russia, and she began her academic study in music education. Yes. Um and she has some fascinating stories with music education and then she, you know, how she transitioned into counseling and psychology and um, now holds her PhD in psychology with a transpersonal psychology concentration from Sophia University. Yes, and she is the coordinator for the consciousness, spirituality and integrative health specialization at Saybrook University. And we've had the pleasure of having her as a professor um, and being held in her like warm and gentle and calming presence um, with subjects that can get kind of like heady and deep and uh, still be able to maintain an ease to all the subject matter. Absolutely. So I think you're going to, you're going to see for yourself more than we can even speak um, when you listen to the episode, because she's just, she's just that like mother nature. <laughs> God is presence and makes you feel safe and like everything is as it's supposed to be and you are where you're supposed to be. So I'm super, super excited to um, have her on this episode. Me too. So here is Dr. Marina Strinova. Our, our first guest. <laughs> I'm so glad. What a privilege. Thank you for having me. So yeah, I think Whitney, <laughs> I'm going to try and be part of this, but she's going to maybe be a little bit more a guide today. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and however it naturally unfolds, I, I think that's the best part because oh, yeah. everyone wants a real conversation. You know, just how it goes. That's just how it goes. And that's, that's wonderful. Yes. This, this is as good as it gets. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so here we are uh, I remember someone once said here we are in all our glory and it doesn't get any better than this uh, <laughs> this moment in time it doesn't get any better than this and we'll take it yeah, we'll take it <laughs> yes so your background as a Musician, I'm really um, interested to learn because I'm not so familiar with that part of your background. Uh, certainly happy to share. Uh, I was born in a, in a, for my experience, in a mystical place of the world uh, on Sakhalin Island, uh, north of Japan. Highly multicultural, very diverse, incredibly vibrant environment. And on top of that, my mother happens to be a musician. So needless to say, as a child, uh, I experienced uh, many wonderful environments, uh, music-wise, and rehearsals, and all sorts of concerts and practices. So music grew on me, and of course, my mom made sure that that would be the case. And I studied piano and also vocal and uh, choral conducting, so a little bit of everything. 
music never leaves me. And so this is something that was my first love and is first love. And then it unfolded and developed into the music of the soul. Mm. And that's what happened. Wow. I noticed that you said that your your mother made sure that that was the case. So I was going to follow up with that if that was something that you felt as well, but you were able to answer that. <laughs> yes, very good question. Both both really but she was so diligent and at times uh, highly insistent that for me it it seemed like there were no other way that was mm-hmm. vibrant enough to pursue although I had my own ideas as all children do and that's what connects us to that idea of calling mm-hmm. and to James Hillman's um, text uh, his book The Soul's Code and uh, this is um, so relevant to all of us human beings, because as children, we have a good understanding, however imaginal and beautiful imaginal it is, what we are to do and how we're to do so. And we even have confidence to declare it with. <laughs> and as we grow, of course, we learn, oh, maybe this way, maybe that way, maybe this is what I must to fit in to make it through what have you but that a calling um, is, is really is um, in many many ways is at the heart of the conversation of being human yes when was the first time that you recognized that calling within yourself I will speak for psychology, yes, uh, uh, more for transpersonal psychology, also with humanistic uh, flavor and hue and inclinations. Um, I sense that after my, uh, after already receiving my bachelor's degree with music education and already teaching in the field, there's something started to to pull on me. And I uh, like to think of it as a my own guardian angel, as a daimon, as Uh, James Hillman would uh, say it. And I understood that I am interested in the inner world. I am so interested in that inner mystique, inner image that each of us carries. And that too holds that music, music of the heart, music of the soul, Mm -hmm. music of who we are. And every note and every breast or pause there counts. And from there on, I decided, okay, I'm going to explore. This is what I'm interested in. How do I find it? And at that time, I did not even know the word transpersonal as a word. I just knew that I'm interested in more, more about the psyche. And so I um, decided to pursue a master's degree in counseling. Uh, And I really appreciated that education. And my instructors were wonderful. And what they gave me was a lot. And... At the same time, I knew there were more, there there was more for me to explore. So um, little by little, it took years, but I did uh, land um, smack into the field of transpersonal psychology. We can think of it as the psychology that is going beyond, uh, above, but through the realm of the personal. So everything that traditionally is excluded in uh, mainstream understanding is included in transpersonal psych we can also think of it as a psychology of the highest human potentials of psychology of spirituality and there are many ways to define it including psychology of the wisdom traditions of the world 
Yes. That was such a good way, though, to describe like the humanistic psychology. Thank you for that, because I needed to I needed to hear that, too. <laughs> uh, you're most welcome. And the description happens in conversation without really describing it, you know, in, in heavy terms, you know, because being human is so much what a privilege it comes with um, a wealth of treasures and puzzles and predicaments and of course paradoxes mm -hmm. but yes uh, humanistic is definitely uh, to me it's all about being human full human right and to sort of anchor it back to because our podcast is centered around the performing arts so we kind of want to like anchor it back to here every now and then yes. like altered states of consciousness as a performer like I feel like I've experienced that while performing and as you performing music um, you must have some kind of experience that you could probably share and share your wisdom with that Thank you for asking. Thank you, Whitney. Yes, expanded states uh, of consciousness, they go by many names. Sometimes you hear, you know, non-ordinary, yes, or altered states, um, expanded states, so transpersonal states, right, or, or states that allow us access to that, you know, experience of flow, yes, being fully mm -hmm. and our best. Uh, this is something that anyone who is familiar with performing arts or is simply interested in sharing their gifts uh, in public, however small the circle is, however large it has experienced. And so for me, it is an opening. And this is where uh, music for me connects with the psyche, with the soul, because something opens up within us where we are gifted and given more than mm -hmm. we remember having. And we're also challenged in ways more than we remember being challenged. This is where the best of preparations can just surprise us and humble us. And at the same time, the expanded states, in my experience, are very opportune states. Because they offer opportunities for more, even through struggle, even through failure, even through whatever is whatever that is it's it's offers an opportunity for something else maybe it's for a pivot maybe it's for another idea but it certainly certainly engages the imagination so to me that is uh, gold when we talk about expanded states because more of us are present and we're surprised by more of us being present <laughs> and this is where Remembering that our psyche can be viewed as multiplicity, mm. yes, that is united. You know, we can think of the image of the self with the capital letter S as in Carl Gustav Jung's ideas and in union ideas as a totality that, that uh, is also mystery who we are, yes, because it embraces all of different parts of who we are, but also has this guiding uh, principle, you know, in, in action, and it's a, it's a manifestation of wholeness of who we are. So with expanded states, I sense that we have those opportune moments to, to witness being present to more of who we are and to more of who each of us is, individually and collectively. And we get different glimpses now and then, 
but certainly stories abide. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How that all happens. And in my case, you know, um, many performances with uh, my choral groups, choirs, and also some experience with community choirs and civil uh, theater musicals. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you for asking. Thank you, Whitney. The flow state, super interesting. I, do you tend to ever like forget what you've done? Like when you've like kind of accessed that afterwards? Yes, there's there's so much happening, you know, in the, the world of performance and, and for me personally knowing that um, sliver of it, yes, through my um, line of experiences with music, all sorts of things happen yes forgetting happens but also remembering and that's what i would like to also emphasize because in forgetting we're offered an opportunity to remember something else mm. and what comes through in those moments you know it's it just um one of the stories that that uh, is with me is the story of ella Fitz fitzgerald as um shared to us briefly however briefly by james hillman in his book the soul's code <laughs> and as the story holds it ella fitzgerald actually meant to dance in a contest and then all of a sudden at the very last moment we could imaginally say she forgot how to dance mm -hmm. and she, she decided to sing instead mm -hmm. Wow. And the world received Ella Fitzgerald. We forget and we remember. Yeah, yeah. On your journey of discovery with transpersonal psychology, was there a moment that you recognized that feeling of an altered or enhanced state of consciousness that you felt uh, while you were with your music that you were able to attain similarly not necessarily the same in other ways yes yes thank you thank you for asking um i would link it to an early experience very early experience and um although that particular experience when i was a child i would imagine about four or five i was outside in, in nature with a friend even though i do not recall music being directly involved I already know that I was prepared for it through the musical life that my mother shared with me and that that she has began cultivating in me so that time of expanded awareness where as a child I understood that I am here but I'm also beyond being here that even though here I am in this small child's body outside basking on the sun in the presence of a friend who's just wondering what happened to me like am i okay of course i'm okay i'm more than okay and so this something has opened up uh within me and that expansion had musical quality to it in a sense it was this kind of this all of a sudden this this finale of a small composition okay here that is here's a breakthrough do you know here's here's that point of a breakthrough so before i knew the language for a breakthrough as it's used you know quite often in transpersonal work there it was 
and I could um, trace instances like this that were connected with music during the performances and during the rehearsals as well, where all of a sudden that understanding that I'm so much more and others are so much more and we as humankind are so much more than we allow ourselves to remember. And that is through music, yes, because it allows that opening and expansion of the psyche that all of a sudden that, again, remembrance comes in. Could it be that in those times, you know, our guardian angel or daimon, that guiding, you know, uh, spiritual principle, if we will, is showing up and whispers to us in ways that we have not heard before? I would imagine that happens happens and it's not uncommon for uh persons who have musical background who have musical education and investment in music to come uh, into uh, psychology and helping professions and healing arts and coaching it's very very common so this is not unique there has got to be some form of a, a pattern in it perhaps archetypal one mm. Uh, and we just simply keep following. Yeah, and and I'm suspects perhaps even an energetic pattern as well as vibration. Yes. Or yes. Energies. Yes. Yeah. But it was interesting too because as you were talking about that, um, there being more to us um, in a musical. Uh, in musical terms, I, I was thinking this feels very similar um, in my acting as well, like being able to, I didn't understand why I felt so um, able to go to different places or experiences that I haven't personally had or haven't personally felt like safe enough to like live out in my regular life, but in the art being able to like, yeah, like access something beyond ourselves but also all these different like parts of ourselves so yeah it's super interesting to think about thank you for sharing that. certainly yes yes thank you and there's something to be said to have uh, a an environment yes that allows uh, that expression that artistic expression how precious and how challenging Yes, because in your first episode, you were so sensitive, uh, both of you, to the realities of artistic lives, yes, the claims and the challenges, and how uh, difficult it could be, for instance, for an actor or an actress, so someone who leans into the image that they convey so deeply how difficult it is to actually gently step out or step aside or disconnect in some ways right or, or, or disidentify uh, what a process you know what a process and I sense that I um, imagine you know what would James Hillman say about this how would he say it and of course I can only imagine what he would say about this right and putting his hat on ever so gently and ever so lightly, I would think that he would remind us that in those instances when we do 
want to remember who we are, right? To remember that we are here with our own calling, with our own path that is so unique to us. And quite often we forget, yes, but this is where Daimon comes in, our guardian angel, and he calls it also times of faith and character, so many names or innate image that we remember to be faithful to it. And to me, it's just an invitation to be with ever so deeply with the work of our life, right? Of our heart, what is given to us, what is gifted to us. And at the same time, when it is time to return to us, that would be that concept of our own innate image of our own destiny, our own guiding um, guiding principle would be would be very very helpful mm. yeah and, and like you said earlier it's so easy to forget <laughs> until yes you, until you remember <laughs> yes yes definitely because you know it, it's both that remembering and forgetting it's just part of the dance part of that cosmic dance we remember we forget it's a, in a way you know that has been said in so many ways that the divine uh plays right plays out in the world remembering itself and forgetting itself <laughs> the eminent divine and the transcendent divine and here we are human beings with souls and with wings and there we say with guiding angels each of us gets and that story you know as uh, many know comes back to um plato's latest story uh, the myth of ur er myth myth of ur and in plato's republic this is where plato shared that myth uh he shares the story of a warrior who um, actually dies in a battle among many of his uh his soldiers his his colleagues his, his people and when the villagers come to collect their fallen ones they've noticed that ur the body of ur is not given ways of the natural process of organic life so they decide to actually uh, hold on, hold on to the body and see what happens. And in the meantime, Ur is given an opportunity to actually witness what happens between lives with an idea that that he is to return into the body when that was shared with him, that mystery was shared with him, and to share with his people. So he gets that heroic journey, gets to experience it. So in that journey, he sees that there are many souls and they are uh, given, each of them is given a daimon or a guardian angel or this guiding spiritual principle that's unique to each soul, to each individual. And each soul gets to select their lot in the next life. But in a sense, it's, it's not like I would like this, but not that, this, but not that. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of a basket, right? It's like, here's this gift basket. It's a little bit of everything, but maybe there's this main theme, right? Or main leitmotiv that just captures you. Go ahead and go with this. And certainly he witnesses that, you know, story or, or soul. And then he's, he, he notices that once every soul chooses 
it's lot, then that decision is actually sealed in by the fates. So it becomes woven in and irreversible. And then each soul is invited to go into the valley of oblivion and to drink the water of forgetfulness. Mm -hmm. So then upon arrival into the human body, each soul forgets of its own choosing with Daimon's guidance of its destiny and supposedly parents and circumstances were born into and including the bodies and so on. And James Hillman actually goes on to say that there's a Chris on top of, you know, our upper lip and we could not figure out what it's for. And as the myth or the stories say, it is the angel who presses mm. on top of, you know, our upper lip so that we keep silence about what we know mm. how that we had a hand in choosing <laughs> what happens and how and of course having taken that water of forgetfulness we forget we arrive remembering very little and yet children as we know you know the veil for them is quite open often enough so they can get glimpses much better than most adults so with that, uh, you know, remembrance, there's something magical for those who dedicate themselves to artistic life. Could it be that that life has been chosen by each who pursues it? Could it be that each is given the guarding angel, the daimon, who helps to remember that inner image within that we are to fulfill could it be and if that is so if we imagine it to be so could that be that everything that happens on the way somehow offers us opportunities to develop that inner image that calling of our heart and that comes with um, 360 experiences, not only those that we view as positive or beneficial, but also those that are challenging. Remember Ella Fitzgerald? Somehow, <laughs> as Hillman pointed out, she meant to dance. She meant to dance. And then she remembered. Yeah, I, I love that story. And I also think it's really interesting uh, the use of water as a symbol in that story, um, because the water of forgetfulness, when water is such an essential um, aspects of our life in every day. So we are drinking water every day and forgetting perhaps mm -hmm. what we used to remember. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I would like to raise my glass of water for remembering also. Yes. <laughs> Cheers to remembering also. Forgetting when we must and remembering what we must. Cheers to that. And in that, Whitney, we actually uh, get to remember, yes, the power of water. I'm so glad you shared that. Mysterious, magical, yeah. so essential, yeah. and so life-giving, and how we can utilize it. It's quite powerful. Dr. Emoto actually 
late Dr. Emoto, uh, did a lot of uh, research with uh, water and how specifically in our conversation here, how thoughts affect water, the structure. And you could see it in pictures, you know, uh, our listeners could easily find those pictures, how important that is to hold the vibration of our intention um, faithfully and as um, diligently as we can to remember that our attitudes, our inner positionality, our thoughts do affect water. He showed us this. And we are mostly water as human beings. <laughs> there you go. So this, this is a practical way. Yes, uh, we could even think of it as an opportunity for a a simple spiritual practice anytime we take a glass of water why not take it as an opportunity to pause and to remember mm. and remember that we too uh, have a saying and how things go i think i need to drink a lot more water <laughs> me too me too <laughs> count me in <laughs> yes I love that so much mm -hmm. and so the idea of a container that you were speaking of um to hold the art that we're creating um I also can relate that to like the divine masculine and divine uh -huh. of, uh, you know the the masculine holding the container for the creative chaos which can also be very union in its approach mm -hmm. yes yes the archetypal masculine and the feminine complete each other yes and yet offer uh, such unique valuable and peculiar peculiar functions and perspectives absolutely and returning to that idea that we can view our psyche as a multiplicity that is united by uh, by you know we can say the self for example or the higher organizing principle yeah so archetypal the self would be in union terms also an archetype uh, but the masculine the feminine is all within and it is welcome it's that idea also of yin and yang right the idea that even though you know we can identify uh, our, ourselves and within our different roles or different uh, artistic you know uh, pursuits or endeavors as leaning more into the one side or the other, but both are to be cultivated. Both are very, very useful. Both require nurturance. Mm -hmm. And that, that uh, you know, in, in essence, that idea of the sacred marriage of the masculine and the feminine allows us, uh, allow, allows us that opportunity to fulfill what is our heart's desires? What can we do here and now? And that seems um, difficult to do with respect to being present 
right here, right now, rather than focusing a moment ago or a moment after, let alone a week, a month, a year ahead. Yeah. So how do we remember, yes, to honor it here as we are and how we are? And uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, someone wise said, here we are in all our glory and it does not get any better than this yes a reminder however we show up you know however archetypally it is skewed or balanced masculine feminine both what have you combination there it is and the next moment allows for something else and next moment allows for another transformation so to me the performing arts offer the opportunity to be present so much more than any other field mm. and yes the container yes Whitney you mentioned the container how important that is for us to cultivate it first of all within yes as an inner containing inner sanctuary uh, inner sacred um, place of residing being within ourselves right fully being present to ourselves and also seek out and cultivate and help to develop environments that offer that externally because we do know that although uh, genetics are important there is a, a growing and mighty field of epigenetics that actually shows us how environments influence the expression of our genes in an ongoing manner and therefore all of us are influenced not simply our thoughts and attitudes and preferences yes met or unmet etc actually you know the expression of genes gene expression uh, modulation right what the quite often you, you hear it's called is actually uh, affected by environments if it's affected by outer environment i guess it's affected by inner environment could it be that in performing arts, in leading artistic life, we are asked to align not only with our calling, but also align in, in a sense, help that alignment within and without uh, to environments that will help to manifest us, um, help us to manifest the fullness of our gifts. And also help to challenge us because you know james hillman is is very clear and open about the fact that calling itself no matter how precious it is and it is precious no matter how valuable and larger than life it is and it is so it is not the only um requisite right for uh, achieving and manifesting uh, our fullest highest destiny if you will he speaks about character. He speaks about how character actually is essential in that path of fulfilling what is our heart's desire, or another way to say it, what is it that we're called to do in this life. And speaking of uh, challenges that individuals in art and all sorts of artistic pursuit um, they experience, including uh, working, you know, temporarily or long-term in positions that perhaps are not as um, well 
suited for them yes to simply make living to do their um, diligence uh, to pay the bills you know to help family etc friends and to support themselves and to me this is where the opportunity for developing character comes in because Hillman speaks it's not about what we do it's about how we do it and that how is is redeeming grace to me so that helps us to elevate our spirit no matter which circumstances we, we come in into or find ourselves and uh, we know that the how is ours how can we be present with that how can we navigate that task or how can we navigate that position or that role no matter how um, we might like to just skip this one give me the next one give me something better okay give me something I'm born for absolutely and first let's fulfill the how of here and now and with that you know it is um, a marriage in essence right a companionship a collaboration between our calling and our daimon and something that we develop within us with each day with each breath with each decision the character that helps to fulfill if you ask me our highest calling our highest destiny that is never to be forgotten mm -hmm. and that also is 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 filled with humility and humble experiences because we're only human and we are human we're also human so much larger yeah wow <laughs> um, i think that ties into something that amanda and i talk about frequently is the idea of feeling safe mm -hmm. and surrendering to something much larger such as the diamond so you're not putting so much pressure on yourself um, to be able to achieve but you're trusting that the how <laughs> come as it needs to come in order for you to get to where you need to go yes yes thank you and there are so many hows right it's the how do I get from here to there and then there's how every step of the way how am I to you know accomplish this particular small task maybe it's a bullet point on our to-do list yes or how am I to answer you know that invitation or that invitation and how am I to um, create a frame a container for my life that allows for proper rest mm -hmm. allows for proper nourishment cheers to water right and and foods that sustain us hopefully those that that actually align yes with our system and help us to um help us to be healthy and feel feel well and so the list continues with that it's in a sense in a sense a gift and a challenge and uh, also a blessing yes because in uh, for me in remembering what I 
accomplished well up to this point in my life and remember what I did not accomplish well up to this point in my life. If I were to use James Hillman's view here is that even my own failures would be an invitation to remember the diamond, my true calling, and also an invitation to view my successes and my lack thereof from the perspective of my destiny. Mm. Could it be that what I did not do well, I was not supposed to do well? Yeah. And could it be that what I did not do well also helped me to chisel out uh, the features of my character that I needed to have in order to truly fulfill what is it that I'm here to do? And I believe that it could be so, imaginally so, yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I feel like I've had a lot of those instances, and I think I actually... Uh, spoke with you on this before in your class because I think you were speaking and I actually wanted to ask you about this more about having to about us holding our shape as opposed to trying to fit into somewhere we don't belong because yeah. I've certainly uh, tried to do that in many instances and you know then I it would I would have end up having to leave the job and feel like I was a failure and then, you know, more realizing that I don't think I was supposed to fit in there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much, Amanda. Uh, that idea, and I'm glad you remembered uh, to keep in our own shape, comes from Clarissa Pincola Astes. Um, to me, her teachings as uh, James Hillman's are uh, so valuable, and I so deeply respect her work. And of course, Clarissa meant what she meant by that idea, and she describes it in a way how she feels it. And what's important is how does each of us um, see that idea, right? How does each of us respond to this? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to me? What does it mean to Whitney? Yes. And holding on to me, holding on and keeping our own shape, following Clarissa Pinkola Asses idea is so many things including being true to what we deeply know inside of our heart inside of our soul even if everything around us suggests to the contrary mm -hmm. that trust that developing that trust that we know that we know and that we know that we know is so incredibly valuable and it takes time and this is where challenges come in and we learn, darn it, I knew it. I just had a sense that I had to go this way because, but no, I listened to someone else or I listened to, you know, my manager or I listened to my coworker or what have you. And I decided it would be wiser to go another way. And then you find out you were right. Your intuitive hunch was right on. And so following those hunches, I feel that they help us to keep our own shape and not to you know, bend beyond it. And and here also we see the resemblance and uh, to uh, James Hillman's ideas because in following our own calling in listening to our own diamond and fulfilling our own destiny, we are actually, in a sense, 
we're letting go of any and all other possibilities. And we're choosing just that, just my own shape. Is it a surprise to us or no surprise to us that according to the myth of Ur and James Hillman's ideas around this, that we also are selecting our environment, including the body and the parental environment we're incarnating in? Could that be that we're already choosing that shape, literally speaking? <laughs> Yes, literally. And then we are given an opportunity to actually experience that shape from within, that inner image from the way, from within as it's unfolding. But James Hillman is so good about saying that we already grasp the essence and the fullness of the Im image right away. It is just kind of that, that unfolding it and manifesting it and bringing it to life. That's a hack of a journey right that's a big one but we already have this this clear idea what is that that we're after because it presents itself divinely so to us and i'm on make sure make sure yes maybe it's here maybe it's there i keep keep pointing one way or another but however you experience yes your guardian angel your daimon your genius yes however you experience that being who imaginary self yes again and i think in in this conversation imagination is welcome and so imaginary so uh, that daimona that genius is here to support each of us and to help us to remember to keep our own shape mm. that's exactly the point yes and even in language so many times we hear like oh you know we don't have to you know get out of our way or do this or, or you know uh veer this way that way and truly it's it just a way to remind us that we are here we already know so very much and the intuitive ideas that come through us however whispering they may seem right to us or however at times even in a shouting ways whatever that is because if we're not listening it you know the call can come in and <laughs> in a quite louder way yes hello ringing the bells here <laughs> yes <laughs> and um for the purpose of of just uh, also going with the flow and being fully present i would like to offer that call ever so gently to as a reminder to each of us and also to our listening and listeners give me just a moment <laughs> oh no oh yes <laughs> oh yes we are playing are we not <laughs> so in a moment just allow yourself to simply take a moment to be and shift and adjust your body as needed. Take a deep, deep breath or several deep breaths. And allow yourself to simply welcome the sound as a reminder of who you truly are, what you're here to do. And as a reminder that you come supported, supported by your guardian angel, supported by so many who love you, who you already know and whom you are yet to meet. 
and remembering that you are here for a reason and to stay the course of your highest calling. Another deep breath. And exhale all the way. Just like that. Simply remembering. Thank you, Marina. <laughs> You're most, most welcome. You see, we co-create together. Just... Uh, allowing us to be with what arises thank you for that reminder absolutely yeah so thank you so much for uh joining us today and sharing all of your wisdom if our listeners would like to explore your work or perhaps even work with you in a, any capacity where can we guide them to uh, thank you for asking and thank you for offering this opportunity. My Saybrook faculty profile page is a good place to start. And also uh, my first and my last name.com. That would be Marvina Smirnova.com. Excellent. Thank you. I just thank want to you. talk to you all. Like, I just want you to like talk to me every day. <laughs> <laughs> I love everything you shared. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for making it so personable as if we're all sitting here together with our glass of water and <laughs> just chatting. And that's just the best way to know. Thank you for opening. And thank you so much for actually doing what you're called to do. Mm. That is so valuable. This is so important. And that would help me also to say, absolutely, I'll be right there. <laughs> and we'll do it right away, right away. <laughs> Remembering to breathe. And you see, we all of a sudden, we have our own now water ritual. Yes. <laughs> Let's do our best to remember because it has been co-created. Every time we raise a glass of water, we can remember more. Yes. yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. So enjoy blessings. And uh, but I think you've got it. <laughs> you totally got it. <laughs>